any question that you guys have about relationships, about purity, about pornography, keep it, keep it within the dating by numbers, like, don't ask questions like, what's the limited atonement mean in Calvinism, Arminianism, like those types of questions. We're not going to answer those tonight. We're going to strictly focus on the dating by numbers series. So don't be afraid to ask any question, okay? Do not be afraid to ask questions tonight. We'll, we'll try to answer them all. I'll take it. Thank you. Hey, can I, um, as you guys are thinking of questions, and yeah, maybe you're like, I don't have a question. I know everything I need to know, which is fine. Don't write a question, but um, can you guys, let's do some introductions. Like, Ben said your name, but will you just say um, your name, maybe like what, where you work, what you do for a living, and then married or non-married, married or single? Okay, my name's Carrie, and this is my group right here. You have a good Love one. them. But uh, I am from Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Does anybody know where that is? Yeah. All right, we got a couple people. That's where I grew up, and I work at Union Pacific downtown for the railroad. I'm in marketing and sales, and I am married. I have two kids. I have a 13-year-old daughter. She's in eighth grade here, so be nice to her. And then I have a six-year-old son who's in kindergarten. Hi, I'm Kelsey Moss. Um, hi. I am, they're all over the place. There's one. Um, I'm from Omaha, born and raised. Um, I am single. I have a cat. (laughs) So, you know, there you go. Um, and I am a nanny. Um, yeah. I nanny for two kids. Um, they are nine and six, and they are a lot of fun. You guys can keep that mic. I'm Brad, I work here, and I don't need to... Oh, I'm married, and uh, three kids. Just had the third kid. Um, that's all you need to know. I'm Rick. Son? All right, there. Yeah, all right. One of those two. I'm Rick. Um, I'm an actuary. Probably four of you know what that is, but I won't explain it. Uh, I work at Zurich, which is a Swiss company. Let's see, I've been... Uh, I actually grew up literally like three blocks from here. I don't know how I ended up here. Just kind of God's provision, I guess. Anyway, I live in Trainer. That's what's crazy. That's crazy. There's a bunch of Trainerites out there. I have three kids, two are in college, so I am the uh, token old guy on the panel. I was told by Brad. No. <laughs> you ready for your first question? I don't. Yeah. All right, contestant number two. Your question. No, I'm kidding. Okay, first question. Hey, and, whoa, sorry to interrupt. Ben, you can totally, you're on the panel too. So I'm, I'm on the panel too, so if you have a question for me. Hey, that's also another thing. If you have a question that you want one of these guys to specifically answer, just put Ben. Why are you so ugly? Put Brad. I mean, I don't know what it is, okay? If you have a question specifically to one person, write their name on it, and we'll get it to that person. We'll have, we'll have them answer, okay? Hey, Makes real sense? quick, introduce yourself. I'm Ben. I'm the intern. Um, this is my second year interning. I'll be back are here. Are you single is what I'm... Uh, I actually am dating. I'm in a long-distance relationship. So not married, though. But I'm not dating. married, but I am in a long-distance relationship dating. So that, I can give you advice with that. So if you have any questions, put their name on it. We'll, we'll get them answered. So first question. How do you keep or have God in a relationship to keep it pure? How do you actively pursue God in a relationship? I'm not shy. You guys can just tell me to stop answering questions. But I think that um, you have to schedule it. So coming to a thing like tonight or going to church or praying together because wild, free kids, even when you're an adult still, when you think you're all grown up, it's just too easy to let God slip away and just go to dinner or go 
do whatever you, I don't know, meet at the lockers. Sorry, I don't know exactly. I'm trying to remember what I used to do in high school. <laughs> We'd meet at the lockers. But, um, but just make sure you schedule it. Instead of just, if you're dating somebody, to keep God in the center, you can't just talk about it. You actually have to schedule times to pray together, to go to church together, to come to Oasis together, and make that the thing that you do together instead of going to a movie or going to get spaghetti or whatever. <laughs> That's not how whatever I thought you were going to maybe end that. Hey, I'd add, um, first of all, I mean, this is obvious, but make sure you're dating someone who has God in their life. And so if you're a Christian, we, we kind of went into that last week. Um, I think it's 2 Corinthians 6 kind of talks about that. But make sure you're dating a, a believer in Christ. And I, I, think, uh, I think what Carrie said is really great, but make sure that's a start too. I've always heard, you know, try to pursue God and be pursuing God and not, the, not your, whatever, boyfriend or girlfriend. And hopefully, you're bringing them along so that as you're both pursuing God together, I mean, you want to look over and see them like, hey, they're running as fast as I am toward the Lord, which I know for some of you is so like, again, maybe you're not a Christian even tonight, or this is new to you, and you're like, what does that even mean? But hopefully, you're with someone that's kind of on the same, like, spiritually, um, if you are trying to push them toward the Lord or to pursue the Lord more, they're not like, you're crazy or... I just, you know, whatever. Hopefully they're on the, kind of the same level you are. That's not real great, but anything else? Um, I would put, add to this, have you guys heard of the triangle relationship? So there's a triangle. There's three points in the triangle. Um, the, you are right here, your partner is right here, and God's at the top, and you move closer. So as you're moving closer together, you move closer to God. And so that's, I think, I've always heard that, and I thought that was really sweet to do, and it's helped me. Um, so next question. Um, ben, what type of dog did you date? Uh, it was a beagle. I'll answer that real quick. Uh, okay, so number two. What is a good way um, to keep Christ, to keep relationship Christ-centered when it's a long distance? It's a little bit different. Um, for me, my girlfriend, yeah, this is, hey guys, um, going to dominate the conversation. No, uh, so for me, with, with my girlfriend and I, what we do is we pray every night before we go to bed. Um, Every, every conversation that we have on the phone, I always make sure to ask her, you know, like, have you done your devos, that sort of stuff, or what has God been teaching you lately? Um, we challenge each other, so especially on Wednesday nights or when she has college group or Sunday mornings, um, the first thing we talk about is, is what did you learn today, what was the passage about? Um, not just like what you learned, um, but what the sermon was actually about. So maybe it's First John, whatever it was, John 3.16. So God's love the world, so we blah, 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 and we talk about that for a while. Um, and obviously, for long distance, when you see each other, it's important to set a lot of boundaries as well, because you miss each other so much, and you want to be with each other. And so you set tons of good boundaries, uh, that even if you ba- break those boundaries, you're still not in sin. Does that make sense? So you set the boundaries so high that even if you break them, you still don't sin, you're still not in sin in that relationship. And so that's another way to keep Christ-centered. Um, you guys have anything else to say? She lives in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. Also, guys, the girl always wins, apparently. Um, okay, you guys have anything else to say? Okay, how do you know who the right person is? How do you, how do you know who the right person is? How, how do you know who the right person is who you're supposed to marry? Hmm? So, that's an interesting I'm bad at this. There we go. There we go. Um, that's an interesting question, because I think, I used to think there was like this one right person, like it's in the movies, right, where God had 
designated this person on the other side of the world that I was supposed to find, and it was this this quest thing where I had to seek God and do all these things, and 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 I don't I don't think it works like that. I think if you're um, you know, the questions for about following Christ and having the same, same goals and, um, you know, working together spiritually and other things too, just compatibility yeah. in that. You, over time, you know that. I don't think anybody knows. The, the love at first sight isn't, that's pretty rare, I think. But um, I think you, it sounds lame, but it, you kind of know over time. But it's about talking about things and having the same common goals and um, it becomes apparent over time. I'd agree with that. I, I feel like some people think if I miss plan A, God's plan A for my life, I have screwed up royally. And if I have to marry then plan B, it's going to be disastrous. I mean, and they literally believe that. I missed out on whatever relationship, something happened, wasn't meant to happen. And so now I'm married to this person. Um, I just don't think, I just don't think that's true. I think, how do you know you were supposed to marry the person you're married to? This, I don't know. I go, you, you married them. That's how you know that you're meant to be together, is you got married. And um, how do you know if it's the right person? Hopefully you just know, I love this person. I love being around them. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. And it seems like it takes guys always a little longer maybe to commit. And I know you guys are in high school, and so you're like, stop with the marriage talk or whatever. But for some of you, it may not be too far down the road, upperclassmen. Um, so I, don't overthink it. I don't know. Well, I just kind of want to, I'd like to add to that about person A, and you, you missed out on person A, and now you're on person B. I, I was engaged, and um, he passed away. And so that, to me, for years, it was, I missed, I mean, that was my person. Like, that was the person God made for me, and now I'm alone. And it took a long time to realize that, no, the person for me is Jesus. He's my first person. And He's going to provide for me what I need. So I don't, have to, I don't have to worry about the fact that, you know, he's gone. He's not here. We're not getting married. Because God has a better plan for me. Not that they're, you know, I don't want that to sound bad. Um, he, my, my Brad was an amazing guy. So obviously there's someone even more amazing out there for me. And I just have to keep Christ at the center. That was really good. I kind of don't want to say what I had to say anymore, <laughs> but mine's kind of a different angle, I guess. I, well, I, I, don't, I didn't have that innocent of a view on dating. I was more like, fun, 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 and these guys are hot, and bad things like that. So, <laughs> I wasn't like, Jesus, you're my number. I mean, I was a Christian. I became a Christian probably junior year of high school or so, so it wasn't like I didn't know the Lord, but... I, you know, I was a kid, and so I was very focused on boys. And um, so my point, I guess, is that you're going to have a lot of heartbreak. So if any of you have already been heartbroken, it feels, you know, as you get older, your heartbreaks years ago seem a lot less. But right now, they're very real, and they really do hurt if you've been heartbroken. Or even if you break someone else's heart, it still hurts you. And the one thing that really um, now in hindsight I've looked at is that one of you, if you're in a relationship and it doesn't work out, it's probably because one of you has a lot stronger feelings than the other one. And that's the way it will be, one way or the other, until you find the one you marry. So don't be discouraged that he didn't have as strong enough feelings for you or that she doesn't have enough strong enough feelings for you because 
that's actually good. Like I had one relationship with a guy who just didn't like me anymore and he just well, didn't want to marry me and I was like planning the wedding in my mind, you know, like what flowers I was going to have and all this and then sure enough he was not even going that direction. And I was so crushed. I mean, just, you know, absolutely melted my, or not melted, broke my heart. And now that I married my husband, I look back and I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you that that guy realized it because we would not have been a good pair. Now that I see the perfect one for me, and I think he's perfect for me, not like in the quest, you know, that there's this one person and I found him in the treasure box, but just that, you know, I mean... (laughs) But, but, I mean, I feel that way because I choose to feel that way. But once you find someone that your feelings are equal and you know you want to marry him or her and they feel the same way back and you decide to get married, it's such a wonderful thing that you both feel that strongly about each other. But like Brad said, once you're married, then you, the reason that that's your soulmate is because you married them. And believe it or not, after a few years or whatever, it will fade. You're not going to have fireworks the rest of your life. You're not going to be 70 and just be like... <gasps> like it is the first time you meet, or you can't speak, you know, so you have to, the choice is over the emotions. I'm rambling, but. All right, next question. What made your relationship successful? What made your relationship successful? Yeah, actually, I want you to speak to this, because, uh, Rick, if I'm not mistaken, you've only really dated Heather, right? Which I think is an interesting perspective, and I want to hear that. Um, I don't know. With Leslie and I, I think it's almost like what, like, when, were we meant for each other? Yeah, I think so. I totally thought I was going to meet my, my wife at Bible college. I came to Omaha to go to Grace University and was in a relationship there and totally was like, this is going to be my wife. And then, like Carrie said, she just wasn't as into I mean, she... Because she didn't like me as much as I liked her, and so that was hard. We broke up. That became obvious. We broke up. I was totally like, I'm a junior now. This, I'm never going to find a wife, ever. And I don't know why I would think that. And I, last thing, I, I remember Leslie and how things worked here, and she was from West. She lived in Millard. She went to Millard West. I was from, like, podunk, nowhere land, Kansas, and thought she, there's no way she could possibly like me because just look at where I'm from. And um, I don't know, but we... We did tribe together. We served together. So we didn't just go to church. We got involved with something. I think that was helpful. So we had something to, I don't know, something to talk about and be a part of besides just, hey, what do we do? I think one of the things in, in high school, you guys, you get in trouble so much, especially physically, because you just don't have other stuff to do. You're just not, you don't have enough like, hey, I'm bored and we're dating, so let's make out. And you just go down that road, um, which is kind of why I'm like, maybe just don't try to date so much in high school. If you're not ready to get married. And again, I'm not trying to split up anybody, but um, what's, what's really, what are, you, what are you doing? I know you just, some of you go, but I want that guy to care for me. I need a guy, my dad isn't, isn't around, or my dad is just not a great dad. And man, I want a boyfriend because I'm going to feel loved if I, I'm getting way off track, but anyway, I'm done. Yeah, so when Brad asked me to do this, I said, okay, I just warn you, or not warn you, but I've, I've really only dated one person, that's the person I married, which is probably not the normal uh, method or way about doing it. Um, but touching some on that, I didn't date in high school at all. I just, I, uh, well, I was a geek, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, not that I didn't want to, but what's that? Anyway, um, but I'm also a person that um, 
that worked for me because I'm very deliberate and sort of a planner a little bit. So, like, my family can tell you, like, when we go on vacation, I, like, scour everything for four months and figure out every different possibility. So I think ahead and plan a lot. And so um, while I wasn't dating my first couple years of college, I, over that time and in high school, had formulated in my mind what was I looking for in a wife and a girlfriend, what, what, what values were important. I kind of had my, in my mind a picture of what I what I. Um, thought was important and what I valued, and it worked out that Heather fit those values. But that, so it wasn't like I, you know, some people, and and that's fine. Some people, I think, have a personality where they need to date ten people and go through a lot of hard. I mean, it, it just we're all different in that way, right? So I was just tell me. But the, I mean, I guess the thing to take out of that is there's no. Um, some of you are going to date one or two people. Some of you might date twenty. I don't know, but we're all different, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, thinking through that, that's what was really helpful to me. Rick, just so you know, every girl in here, when you said you only dated one girl, was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> every guy was like, wow. I think, I think it's hard to strive. I mean, I think it's great, but you can strive for that, and then something doesn't work out. I mean, do you hear Kelsey's story? Like, you know... Life happens, and so don't think, like, I'm going to wait to date, and, man, I'm going to find that perfect person in college, and it's just going to work out, because you don't know that, and if it doesn't, you can't put all your eggs in, like, and then you're like, well, now what? And God, you, I promised you that I was going to not date or whatever, something like that, so be careful with, you know, I think it's great when it can happen, but don't feel like you got to force that to happen or something. I, again, have something to add. Okay, so the fact that he keeps saying find your person in college, I just want to clarify that that doesn't have to be, you know, I didn't, you know, it can be after college, and Omaha seems to be a place where people get married younger, but I have a lot of friends from bigger cities, and they don't even start dating until they're like 30, so I mean, don't think that you have to, this isn't like you have to hit 24 and be married, you know, so take your time, and then I lived in Costa Rica for a while in college, and when I was there, I was dating a guy, and when you're there, it's a whole different culture, obviously, for any of you, any of you who've live there, but you live with your parents until you get married so that there aren't, people don't just have apartments and dorms and things like this. So when you're dating someone and you go over to their house, if you go to their room, it is the rule. Nobody ever closes a door unless you're married. You cannot be in a room with a door closed. It's just the culture over there. Let me tell you, that is like, I'm going to, don't, don't tell my kids, but I think I'm going to make that the rule in our house because there's not much bad that can go on if the door's open while your parents are there. You know, I mean, there's just so, only so much you can do. And if you think about it, if you're not going to do something with your parents watching, which, uh, you know, once you're married, you would do things when your parents aren't watching. But as a kid, then you shouldn't be doing them anyway because God's right there with you, right? So if the door's open, you're only going to be doing things that you feel right about and that you won't feel guilty about later. So if you have the courage, maybe even just tell your parents, blame it on them and say, hey, when I start dating a guy, will you, you know, maybe have this rule and I'm going to blame it on you, okay? But really, it's just a way to make sure that nothing happens that you don't want to happen. Next question. Uh, what quality made a person someone that you could see yourself dating? What's just one quality? Obviously, there's 40 different, but what is probably the most important quality to you? For me, was like how they handled conflict. Um, also, like they didn't sweep things under the rug. So when there was conflict, when something was wrong, if, if I was doing something wrong, if she was doing something wrong, um, it was really big for me, and it is big for me, that we bring it up, we work through it, instead of like 
sweeping it under the rug because then it just explodes into a volcano and everyone dies. And it's not good. Like, it doesn't end well for both of you. You end up both getting hurt more than you should. Yeah, blunt. Um, so that was, that was really big for me, that, like, the way they handle conflict. Um, also, they were really honest. Honesty is huge in multiple ways, not just, like, honesty and trust, but, like, honesty and what, what's wrong you need to say. I was going to say trustworthy. I think Ben hit, I think conflict is huge. And, and a lot of times in high school, if you're, well, again, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype all relationships like in high school. But a lot of times in high school, if you hit a big road bump, you just break up, right? But eventually you get into a relationship and you don't want to just break up at the first fight. And so, one, I hope you don't practice doing that in perhaps other relationships or friendships even. But I think that conflict thing is huge. I think you need to learn how to be angry, maybe, but to bring stuff up, to confront each other in a way that doesn't, like, bite the other person's head off, but um, to get to work through it and to talk through it and, you know, figure out how each other fights and that kind of thing. But that's not even the question. Also, also with that, though, you yourself need to be able to handle truth. Like, if you want someone to be honest with you, you have to be willing to handle it. If your girlfriend says... I didn't want you to shave your eyebrows. You have to be able to handle that. You know, so I'm joking, but like something serious. You guys have to be able to handle honesty and have to be able to handle the truth no matter how hard or blunt it is. If you can't handle that, then that's, again, going to create more problems that, than that were there in the first place. Anybody else have an answer? All right, so what is something uh, you would say about who to date or more sp- specifically, how do you know when you can date or when to date? First off, I honestly, you might not want to hear this, but when your parents tell you that you can date. Um, I have four older sisters and an older brother, and if you don't have someone ahead of you to make mistakes, like a sibling that makes mistakes and you learn from those mistakes, your parents are the next best thing. They're, they're the, I mean, they are the first thing, but I learned a lot from my siblings. But we weren't allowed to date until high school, and honestly... I didn't. It wasn't that hard. Um, that, that would be my answer. Nobody else got one? Okay, this one's kind of simple. I'll answer this. What should you do when a guy sends mixed signals? Girls, you got anything? I would say drop him like it's hot and <laughs> don't mess with him. Girls? Yeah. Okay, I agree with Ben <laughs> because for, there's there's either two there's one of two issues going on. First of all, if he's giving you mixed signals, it's either one he doesn't like you or he does, right? That's the two options. So if he doesn't like you, easy, drop him like it's hot. If he does like you, you have a miscommunication thing going on there. And that's just the start of it. If you're just dating and you can't even understand that he likes you, he doesn't know how to communicate that to you, you're going to have a world of problems ahead of you because that should be the easiest thing to know he likes you. If he doesn't even, I mean, wait till you start talking about who's going to make dinner and laundry and, I mean, things that you won't even think about now, like, that should not even be an issue. So either way, um, unless it's, like, just totally a miscommunication, like a text, you know, because those can come across totally weird. If you have a conversation with him and say, okay, I am not reading you here, and you're just open with him, and then he starts changing his ways. I mean, you don't want to just give up on him right away. But if it's just a continuous thing where it just keeps being mixed signals, Personally, I, I'm with Ben. Drop it. <laughs> so that's kind of simple. Um, how about this one? 
What is the best piece of relationship advice you have ever gotten? Couple that prays together stays together. You just dropped it like it's hot. Kelsey, anything? Carrie, do you think uh, do you think couples in high school should pray together? Definitely. Okay. Oh yeah, that's not something that you should wait till you're married. Can you Definitely. hear her? Put it up to my mouth. Sorry. Definitely pray when you're in high school, middle school, whatever age you start dating. Prayer is like the first thing, and like Ben mentioned earlier with the triangle, it will actually make you grow closer if you're praying together. And might as well start if you're planning on being with this person for a while. Start right now. Start praying, praying now because if, especially before you have your trials, before you have your problems or your fights or anything so that you're already used to it. And my husband and I just like last week, we, well, we pray every day before we leave for work. And we had a tiff about something. I, like, I, I was being a spoiled brat and wanted to buy something that I didn't need. And it was totally frivolous. And I think it was an iPad or something of that nature. And I didn't need it. And he was like, nah, we don't, we don't really need that. And I was like, you know, and I was all upset about it. And instead of you know, that, that right there may not sound like a big deal, but that can break up relationships, even if you're married, just having, like, financials, like, one of the biggest things. So, anyway, instead of pouting and crying and being silent treatment and everything, we went to prayer, and we prayed about it, and it's just, like, this instant, you know, like, all of a sudden, you just get along again, and it's it just, like, you forgive each other. I mean, it, it is real. If you do pray together and you do certain things to God that you disagree on, even huge things, big things, which this is like probably TMI for you guys, but we went through a phase where I wanted another child and he didn't. That's a huge, huge thing in your marriage. And we went to prayer and I prayed, instead of praying, God, change his mind, change his mind, I prayed, God, change one of our hearts. You know, whatever your will is, let one of our hearts change. And my heart changed. And now in hindsight, I'm like, hallelujah, thank you. You know, like everything works out. I was not meant to have another kid, and that was, like, in the plans. And now, if I would have been so selfish and not prayed about it, you know, I might have been stressed out with another kid or whatever I couldn't handle. So no matter what your decisions are, start, I mean, praying, you know, with smaller decisions, and then that will train you so that when bigger things come along, you're already, you're used to it, and you just go right to prayer. I think uh, a good friend of mine in college um, said this isn't very spiritual, but when I think it was right before I got married to Leslie, this is I think at least one of the main things I remember that is advice, best advice, um, which I don't know how this applies to date. He said, "Remember, you're a team." He said, "You are a team," and so even when you fight or go through conflict, he just I mean said like just keep in mind that you're a team, like you're better together, and and remember that. So you you don't want to like. And I think that even kind of goes back to what Carrie said. If you start to realize when you're dating, then how do you apply that when you're dating? Well, just you want to be committed, I guess. That team mentality is like commitment. And so when one person goes, I'm just not that into her, I'm just not that into him, you know, like, well, so there's your dating advice. I need to get out of this relationship because we're not a team anymore. We're not committed to each other or stuff starts happening. So that kind of along with Ben, I remember, I I love the triangle analogy, triangle relationship. I think that's huge, too. If you're both, like, really passionate about the Lord, I think that's the best thing ever for a dating relationship. And that's hard sometimes to do, but I think the more you get focused on each other, the more you tend to idolize each other. You tend to put too much weight on the relationship. And once that person becomes ultimate to you, it's, something's bound to break or, you know. You, you put expectations on the other person that that person was never meant to carry. 
and they put expectations on you, and you were not meant to be that for them. Um, God needs to be God in their life, and God needs to be God in your life. Um, what is a good way to bring up God in your relationship? So, high school, you're nervous to bring up God with anyone. How do you bring it up with, with someone that you like or someone that you're in a relationship with? And why is it important to bring it up? Um, if, if you're interested in someone and you don't know if there's a, they are a Christian, then I would suggest you should not even start pursuing them until you find out if they are a Christian. Don't think that, well, I, he might be a Christian or she kind of acts like a Christian. She has good morals. No. If they're not a Christian, you, you don't date them, and you don't start to date them and try to save them. It just, it just does not work. It, you're setting yourself up. If you want to save them, don't don't date them. You know, pursue a friendship first. Yeah, it's. I'm sure it's awkward. I don't know the best way to ask that, but doing it early rather than later saves a, a bunch of troubles because you'd hate to, you know, on your wedding day or or whatever, go, hey, by the way. Notice you're praying to Buddha last week. Is that a, we talk, you know, I, you know, I, you want to find that out early on, and I'm sure it's awkward, but it's way better to find out early and find a way to do that than be surprised later, because then you've got all the, the other, you've got the emotions tied in, and you like the person, and there's all these things that are all positives, and you've got this one, and it's very easy for people then to overlook that and say, well, I'll convert him later, right? And it doesn't usually happen. Guys especially. You cannot be afraid to bring this up. You are the leader of the relationship. You have to. Girls, I mean, you, I mean if, it, if you don't think they're saved, you absolutely cannot be afraid to bring this up. Ask as blunt as possible. And if, if they're kind of like, whoa, you're a Christian? Or, whoa, why are you bringing this up? That's a huge red flag. I mean, that's something you've really, really got to be careful with. My mom and my dad. Um, my mom grew up in a loving Christian home. My dad grew up as a party animal kind of thing. Um, and he always liked my mom. Like, he'd always put my mom's boyfriends in dumpsters and beat them up. Like, it got to that point. Um, but she would never date him, obviously, because he wasn't a believer. I'm telling this story. Um, but one night, my dad uh, blacked out so bad that he woke up the next day and had no idea what had happened. Are you, ser- are you serious? Yeah. This is true. I mean, I just never heard this before. No, keep going. Yeah. I'm, I know I, you're not making this up. But. <laughs> step up off, bro. Um... So, Keep going. Keep going. So my dad, yeah, he, he woke up after he blacked out and had no idea of what happened. And the first person he went to was my mom. And they had, I mean, they were best friends. And my dad always wanted to date my mom for a year or two. My dad was a senior. She was a sophomore. Um, and he went to her and asked her, okay, like, he, was, he said he was scared to death. And so he knew that, okay, I need, I need Jesus. I can't do this in my life. And my dad's still the only believer in his, in his side of the family. And he talked to my mom. And my mom's the one who led him to Christ. And even after that, my mom would not date him still because new faith, they were just friends, they had that friendship, but eventually she grew to like him and love him. And um, my mom always tells me, she said, she always went for the tall, dark, and handsome. She was a typical girl. Um, and my dad is, he's tall, um, but he was blonde and he had blue eyes and not what my mom wanted. But she grew to love him and like him because she had that friendship. Yeah, that's not very important, but... <laughs> She grew to have that friendship with him, and she knew that he had qualities and, and grew in Christ so much that that was the person that she knew would be a worthy husband, and she grew to love him and 
That's a love story. And they're, they're in ministry now. Ben's parents lead Youth for Christ in like the Lamar's, Iowa area. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my dad's heard that. been a youth pastor, been youth, involved in Youth for Christ for 20 plus years. And so yeah, awesome story, awesome testimony. And, and real quick, not to get in, I, so, some of you probably hear that, hear what Kelsey said, hear what we have to say, maybe, especially if you didn't grow up in a Christian home. And maybe you look at us or you th- even think of your small group leader or something, maybe, and you just go, ah, you guys are so like old. And that's so old-fashioned, or just like, I don't know that many Christians, or I'm just, I come here, but I'm not like the churchy type. Um, I hope you at least just don't write us off. I understand that you think we're old, that's fine, we're older than you are, yeah. But I hope you consider that. One of, one of you two mentioned, you mentioned your parents. You guys, your parents, I mean, they went through what you're going through. And you go, no, 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 it's different now. High school's different now. They didn't have cell phones back there, whatever, and that, that's true. But it was, high school was not a lot different from your parents. They were much like you probably. Um, man, listen to them. Like, do they're not idiots. And especially when you're, I feel like, especially juniors and seniors, you get to this point where you just think your parents are like the dumbest people alive. And suddenly you go off to college and you're like, I miss my mom and I kind of want to, whatever, I want to be around her or something. So at least take to heart just some of the things we've said, and we still got a, little, a few more minutes, but... Just don't write it, write it off. So you're saying that, and I'm going, yeah, Brad, tell him. And I'm looking at my daughter. I'm not going to look at her now. But I'm looking at my daughter, and she's Listen to that. Can she I make read. a comment that has yeah. nothing to do with anything we're talking about? But it just, I mean, it has to do with this topic. But um, this is just a comment that my husband taught me for you girls that maybe don't have, like, a, I don't know, some, somebody in your life to teach you the way men really think. <laughs> And so this is totally changing topics, and I'm going on the physical thing now, that a lot of men, and men, or I think probably high school boys too, if you start doing physical things together, the guy expects the girl to stop him. And I never knew that. I, know, I thought that it was just this joint thing, and that I didn't know that a guy will push you as far as you'll go, and then if you go too far, they will judge you and think that you are a bad word. And so... I don't know if every guy's like that, but I think a lot of them are. And so girls, whether it's right or wrong, that's what they expect. So if you let a guy go too far with you, then, you know, they're going to think that of you. So that's one thing you should bring God in your conversation and say, you know, that, that's kind of a way to pray together. And if he's pushing you too far, you tell him, no, this is, this is the boundary. This is all we're doing. And if he continues to push that... Again, like Ben said, drop him like he's hot because that's not respectful of you and he's there for the wrong reasons. And so make sure that you have that boundary established. I'd pray together about it. Some people don't hold hands until they're married. Some people don't kiss and then on and down the line until whatever you feel called to by the Lord. But you need to pray about that together and have the boundary established when you're not in the moment, if, you know, for lack of better words, so that you have that boundary established. So, so good. I hope we're starting to run out. I really wanted to get more into that, like, the physical realm of just stuff that happens. I want you guys to go to groups tonight. I hope you do. And continue this with your leader. I want you to ask your leader the question or have discussion in groups around um, whatever question you wrote. But that, I think that's huge. And I want you to hear this too. There's those of you in here, you've gone too far in a relationship or heck, maybe out of a relationship. I don't know. You've just done stuff with a guy. You've done stuff with a girl. I hope you... I mean, loud and clear, I want you to not feel judged by God. I hope you don't. I'm sure you feel guilty. I did when stuff happened in a high school relationship. You feel so guilty. I mean, I want to get to, 
I mean, every week, and hopefully guys in small groups, there's such a problem with just pornography and the access of that in your pocket now. You have, uh, you have the internet in your pocket. And so um, most years, guys, we totally get into pornography and masturbation. Um, it's, it's just stuff we deal with. Um, I, I hope you can, I mean, go to your small group leader, talk about that. Go to them one-on-one. I, I never, until I was in college and a friend of mine said, Brad, you think I'm like this good Christian guy? I totally am, have been caught up with internet pornography and just stuck in that. And I was like, me too for, you know, for whatever. And I've never talked to anybody about that. And it was such this weight lifted off of me. Um, what Carrie brings up is huge. I think guys, you get into a relationship and you never dated anybody before. And you, start, you just start kissing and doing stuff. You don't know when to put the brakes on. Neither of you do. And so, and so you have to talk about that stuff. You have to. Uh, and then if you go too far, I mean, I hope you hear that there's grace and that, I mean, kind of the whole essence of Christianity is grace, and you may feel guilty. There's forgiveness there. There's healing. Um, it's hard for a while, and I'm going, I don't want to go, go into that in small groups. I hope you do. But any last things to add? I've got one more comment. I'll kind of take care of these two questions. Guys, if, girls first, if, if the guy does not totally respect you, totally adore you, and want to give you everything, treat you like that princess, he's not worth it. If he isn't totally in love with God over you, he's not worth it. Girls, or guys, sorry, if, if the girl doesn't totally adore you and, and want to be with you and, and want to like compliment you and all those things, then she's not worth it, even if, even if she's the highest rated girl on Hot or Not app. I don't know. It's, if they don't totally adore you and they keep that affection for you, and if it doesn't grow, if you don't see that growth there, I mean, it might start off like, you know, you kind of like, but as you get to know them, their personality, all those things, that they're so much better. They become so much more attractive to you. Um, if that doesn't grow every day, then it's, it's time to rethink it, not like break up, but call them out on it. Be, again, be honest with them. Um, confront that issue because that, that is huge. And if, if you get into a marriage with that, um, down the road, you get into a marriage with someone who isn't growing for you every day and, and trying to grow with you and pursue you every day, especially girls, the guy pursuing you, it's not going to be a very happy relationship. Yeah, I'll, I'll pray. And then, again, don't be afraid to ask your leaders questions more tonight. Um, this, is, this is kind of the mentality we want for your small groups tonight. So feel free to go completely away from the, from the out, out talk, out talk, talk sheet. Thank you. Um, the talk sheet, um, just ask any question that we didn't maybe get to answer tonight. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this time. And uh, just these leaders up here willing to talk about this and the students um, Asking questions, God, I pray that every one of them get their questions answered tonight, no matter how vague or blunt they are. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just bless our small group time, and I pray that you would bless our nights, and uh, help us have a good week. In your name, amen.